there is no more, not any, no thoughts anymore about anything. It's just like your mind is so empty. You see, but you don't see. You, you hear, but you don't really hear. It's really interesting feeling. Best feeling. Here's the funny thing. The funniest thing about this, this whole thing is that while I've been eating your podcast up yeah. and loving it, of course it goes through my head. Ah, do I have a number one? I don't. And I thought about it. I thought, oh, I can maybe spin my love of music. <laughs> I can maybe, yeah, that'll work. And all along, I had a number one and I didn't even know it. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one a show where I ask my friends what their number one healing modality is, and then I go try it. Today, we're going to talk to an old friend. I'm going to say your first name, which is Ildi. It'll be like Mad Libs. Modrovich. Modrovich. Thank you. If you live in Los Angeles, you know you can be in the same city and almost never see some of your closest friends because the traffic is so awful that they might as well live in another country. Uh, Ildi and I have been friends for many years, but it hasn't been until I moved to the valley that we really... neighbors. Yeah. I only moved 10 miles away, but suddenly I needed a new vet, new grocery store, doctors. It's a whole thing. And with no ocean nearby to walk, I decided it was time to finally bite the bullet. Looking for a personal trainer, you, you, you said, and I was like, well, yeah. I have one mm-hmm. that I've been going to for, I'm going to say, 20 years. Does this qualify as a healer? I don't know. You be the judge. Actually, at first she was my masseuse. Wow. Because she gives a mean massage. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Hot stones. Oh. Essential oils. She does it. Okay. Does it right. And so I, I, I went to her for probably 12 years as a masseuse. And then I would go, she, she would always be working somebody out. I'd come over and be like, why are you working out when you can get massaged by her? And when I first started going to her, I had no intention of putting her on the podcast. Yeah. I, I ended up going to Yael, which another name that I was having trouble yeah. with. Yeah. Yes, I know. I was like, Yale, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, sisterhood. Mm-hmm. L, yeah, L, and she's yeah. Israeli. She is, um, and she, I, she, she's probably been out here for a long time since you've known her for twenty years. Yeah, she's she's not human too. When you when you, she's not a human. People around me talk all the time about. I wish I could do that. I don't think I can. Uh, I wish I would have the gut to do this. I wish, I wish, I wish, and then I always, and, and they always hear from me, the sky is the limit, and there is no such a thing I wish. You know what the clincher was for me? You showed me a video mm-hmm. of you yeah. doing some extraordinary things. Right, superhuman. Yeah. If you really wish, if you really want, it's, there is no impossible. Everything is possible. She, she believes in you, so you yeah. believe in yourself. Yeah. In the beginning, I hired Yael just to work me out. I wanted to lose a little weight. I wanted to get into shape. And that was about it. Yeah. And what I loved about her is when I showed up, she never stops moving. Like, she does the exercises with you. Yeah, she works out 
all day long. Do you think she's like a cyborg or something? I do. I don't. I know she's not human. She's an alien. My part of my passion is uh, just love to help uh, people that are in an in an surrounding and an environment that they they don't even think about simple things like okay, I need to take care of my body. I need to do some something to treat my body properly so I'm not going to be sick. Well, she has nine jobs as well. I mean, she doesn't just do this. Yeah, tell you know me that. tell me the other things yeah. she does. Well, she recently opened a pet care center, but the reason why she opened it is because her beautiful sweet dog Zoe starting to have premature hip issues and spinal issues and she was going to take the dog to go get in one of those spas and get some therapy and it's so expensive that she's like you know what i'm gonna open but she says she's gonna do it and she does it she yeah. says i'm gonna open a place i do we just need to treat animals the way we treat ourselves we need to work out and they need to work out they need gym just like we do that can not just a house, you know, if you go out of town, you need a little boarding. Yeah. But also give, like, exercises them. I didn't know issues. that. Yeah. Active daycare, active boarding. Dogs are not just Take there. Them Take them out. We have uh, um, agility equipment. Uh, they do agility all day. No way. Back and forth. We tire them. We make them run. We make them play. Then she's got another house where you can take your animals, take and, your animals. and board them. Yeah. Is, mm -hmm. And is Pe that the same place? Totally different house. And people also, she has people working for her who sleep there. So if your dog is or cat is used to sleeping with humans, they'll sleep with them. But if that's not enough, Yael is also an ultra marathon runner. I didn't even know. How many hours were you running? So with getting lost, I started my run at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. and then I finished at 2 a.m. the next day. So you ran for 22 two hours. Straight. She, if it's, if it's not 100 degrees or higher, she's not happy about it. Like she, she likes to run, she runs in the Sahara. She, run, yeah. she runs the Sahara Desert. For the past six years, Yael has run the hottest marathon in the world in the Sahara Desert. And she goes and, and she runs this, uh, this, this race every year and she's, she stays with a family in their little sort of adobe hut and they love her and she, they know her now and the kids know her and they come pounce on her in the morning. There's a dad, this is the oldest refugee camp in the world, 40 years. Where are they from? Where are they They're from, from uh, Western Sahara on Morocco side. Moroccan kicked them out of their land, saying, this is our land. But once she got there, she noticed that the people there were very poor. Big problems of like starvation, uh, not enough food, not enough, you know, working hard, dealing with a lot of things we don't even deal. So for them, it's, you, they don't even think about I need to treat my body properly, I need to, to, to eat right because they don't even have the right food to eat to get all the, the, the uh, nutrients. She, she started a running club mm -hmm. in the Sahara mm -hmm. and she said many of them did not have shoes. The running, which is simple, 
You don't need any equipment. You really don't need anything. You can even run barefoot if that's what you used to. Yeah, that too. Does she get shoes for people? Yeah, um, she gets people here. She does fundraisers here. She, you know, gets people to donate and contribute and buy t-shirts and... What's out there? Nothing. Tap, I mean, there's gotta be stores. How do they make money? How do okay, they, they don't make money. Those people live completely neglected by the world. Nobody cares about them. Just a small organization like me coming and trying to help here and there. So I'm trying every, every year to open some kind of educational program for them. So I opened a library, children library uh, last year. And the way she opened the library was pretty ingenious. There are 500 people who run in the marathon and she told each one of them to bring a book. And they had 500 books. Um, opened soccer team for girls, uh, running club for kids. They don't have anything to do all day. And women in this, in this refugee camp, um, if there is only women in a the family, yeah. they basically starve. Oh no. They eat only bread from whatever leftover other neighbors can give them, but they don't have any money. They don't have anyone to go and work. What well, work doing what? They usually the, some of the men goes, uh, outside to Algeria and do some construction work. Over and over, she seems to find things that she's passionate about, and then she just fills the need herself. I just fell in love with, with, with them and decided, okay, I'm taking them as my project. So I decided let's combine the education of taking care of your body and your health and the sports and running, which running is the most simple thing to do. And this was the moment I realized, yeah, she's a healer. Well, my organization called Women, Women Run the World. The running club I opened uh, in Sahara, yeah. which is amazing. They have to run f 100 miles a year. So they have purpose. Every day they need to meet. They have uh, the whole uh, schedule of workout. And now she's planning to run across the entire Sahara Desert something no woman has ever done. Uh, I mean, running across, it's almost about, it's 2,800 miles. Oh and it's, it's very, the terrain is insane. And as she told me one crazy story after another, it started to really get to me. Like, I wanna be that badass. Oh yeah, you have dunes, very high dunes that you run. Um, it's so soft, you can't even run. Your leg sinks. Maybe not that badass, but you know, like in the car, watching the badass be a badass. How long will it take you? I predict pretty much if I'm gonna run about 40 miles a day, uh, about almost three months, two and a half to three months. When I was younger, I used to run on the beach a lot and two times I tore my retina for no good reason as I was running on the beach, both eyes. And I decided it was time to just put up my running shoes and forget all about it. But after doing a couple sessions with Yael and hearing her talk about all of her running, I got the bug again. Even though it looks really far from me, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but you want it? You really want it, you could do it. 
And one day she suggested that we take one of our sessions outside and go for just a little run. I said, okay, I'm up for the challenge. But Yael doesn't want to just run around a track. She insisted that we go to the top of Mulholland on a 95 degree day and run down it and then back up. But first, I had to get over this huge fear I had of being out in the wilderness with the snakes. Shouldn't we be loud for the snakes? Nah, snakes really don't like to be outside now. Oh yeah, you gotta be aware. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> it's, like, it's like muggers. If you're looking for them, they're not gonna get you. An old ankle injury. Stiff it up, feel yeah, don't know nothing to be afraid. You just run solid stiff so you feel like you have complete control of your foot. Your foot doesn't go anywhere. And my general condition of being out of shape. So you start off walking because you don't want to increase your heart rate in like a second, which is never healthy. And the thing I loved about Yael is that she would acknowledge my fear, but we're doing it anyway. Wow, my heart is... Mm-hmm. It's totally different, different stage, different plateau, different level. Yes. You're doing it, doing great. Just remind yourself, you never want to slow down. Once you slow down, it's so hard to take speed again. And as we started running, she got behind me and gave me instruction. And I realized I had never really understood what running was. Women breathe short, short breath. It's, it's, a safe, it's basically a way of life, the way women are, um, the way they live their life. I don't have time. I don't have time to breathe. I don't have time to do this. I, have no, I don't have time. I have so much responsibility. They take the whole world on their, shoulder, on their shoulders. She made me do this thing where I go, And I had to do these long inhale, exhale things. Wow. And all of a sudden, I got so high. I, was, I, I thought you were going to say you summoned the snakes. <laughs> no. They, came, they heard the word. I didn't like, see any snakes. I was so, even talking about it, I can kind of feel the high that I felt. I was so high, I started giggling. And she's like, yes, yes, that's the runner's high. And I was like, wait, that's the runner's high? You just... Hyperventilate. <laughs> She's like, not the winner. Yes, yes. And within one session, I was totally hooked. I started running on my own, and I stopped worrying about losing weight or getting in shape. All I could think about was getting out there and feeling the high that I felt before, and doing a longer run than the last time. It's like she freed me from all those lower level thoughts about weight, and all I wanted to do was pursue that runner's high. Once you're gonna start running longer distance, yeah. you high, it's, it's not a way you can describe until you experience it. The best attitude to have is to go, is to not think about it like, I'm going running now, I'm going jogging now. Find a beautiful place and then just listen to your body go, I'm gonna run up that hill because I feel like it right now. You get into this high where there is nothing exists but your body's running and you're breathing and you don't even think 
there is no more, not any, no thoughts anymore about anything. It's just like your mind is so empty. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm tired, I'm stopping now, now I'm gonna walk. And you don't think, you don't punish yourself if you're not running. Right. You just are in the moment of it and doing what feels like, it's downhill, now I'm really gonna run because it's fun. And I'm gonna be kind of a ninja and avoid mm -hmm. the rocks. And it's, it's, it is very in the now. You see, but you don't see. You, you hear, but you don't really hear. It's a really interesting feeling. Best feeling. Walk. Power walk. And pretty soon it was all I could talk about to my running friends. I run to distract me from my vices. And abdominal contract, important. So the pressure is not going on your joint. I started running five years ago. Is it five ago? months ago? Yeah, five wow. years ago, but I was smoking when I yeah. started. Stop smoking, or you don't run with me. And then stop wow. smoking. It's probably that same sort of, you know, you get used to a certain amount of endorphins or dopamine or whatever. And I mean, I'm definitely addicted to it, and I get irritated if I can't run. Again, back shoulder straight, back straight ahead. I did the Tinkerbell half marathon. What was that like? It was me and 30,000 women wearing wings. I, now I want to do that. Yeah, I was getting slapped upside the head with wings for like an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, 100K yeah. in uh, Les Padres Mountain in Santa Barbara. Uh -huh. It was a brutal. We were 50 runners, end up with 11 runners just finished because everybody dropped. Five o'clock in the morning, it's dark. They have the park open and they have all the lights and the rides turned on. There's like a fireworks show when you start. And then high school bands are playing music all along the course. And it's play tricks with you because you go up, uphill for hours and then all the way down steep. Wow. And it's great because you run through the park and there's no one there. So you're going like over bricks and you know past rides and then you cut out of the park and then you go through Anaheim. I'm alone in the forest and it's getting dark and everywhere there is a sign, bear country, and you hear at night, animals coming to life. And I'm just thinking to myself, hey, I came for a marathon just to enjoy it. I didn't come for a survival marathon. And it's like a Sunday morning and then people are like out getting the paper and all of a sudden like 30,000 Tinkerbells run by. And there was one lady who was out there with a cocktail, like, you know, basically just saying, good luck, suckers. How many miles do you think you ran that night? I ran 110 kilometer. So it's pretty much like going from here to Santa Barbara. I, um, it's funny, because when you first, you texted me and said, I love Yale, and she's, we're running, and it's great, and I think I'm gonna run a marathon. Do you wanna run a marathon? And I think, what was my response? I said, I think I just I threw up thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear, I was joking when I said I was going to run a marathon. <laughs> but of course, never make a joke when you're around Yale. Yeah. I'm going to sign you up for a marathon, no. so you have no other choice. <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to start with a marathon. We're going to start with a 10K. How about a 5K? Five is a piece of cake. You did already all, way more than that. You did like 5.1. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is all great for somebody who does fitness for a living, but I get a day job. You're a writer, you're a showrunner, and I know it gets like really intense during those times. Mm -hmm. Do you still work with her during that time? More. How do you how do you find the time? I go to her at 7:30 and I just leave the office and go straight there and I have my my tights in my car. Uh-huh. And my jog bra in my car and um yeah. I feel a million miles away from any kind of a marathon. However, I'm really enjoying the run. And then we had a talk and I said, "Look, I just want to feel like a badass." So so then uh, we had a whole switcheroo and, and we also had a combo. It was part yoga, part uh, boot camp. If you want to know more about Yael, please look at the show notes or go to Women Run the World for more information about her organization. And again, I'm not paid to endorse anyone on these podcasts, so enter at your own risk. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one. And a special thanks to Ildi Modrovich. What's her work schedule like? Uh, I think she probably starts, she does a lot also via Skype. I think she starts at like six. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to like midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And she does not take a day off. No, and she usually doesn't have any time off. She eats as she goes. She'll be, you know, throwing some energy bar in or some. She, she does. She eats whatever she gosh darn wants because she moves constantly. Yeah. That's what's so funny. Some people are fueled by downtime and, and they refuel. But she, she, she's fueled by helping people. Like she really yeah. is. It, it, it feeds her and she gets very antsy if she's not working. Darius Logan. It's funny because I got sodium depleted. So I'm like at mile 20, I'm running up First Avenue. There's like millions of people cheering. And all of a sudden I start seeing like Doritos floating in space. Really? And it really happens. Like, you know, on Bugs Bunny, when you see like a chicken leg in the (laughs) desert, it's real. Like you really do. Your brain starts to fuck up on you. And Yael. I told Amanda, now she has a competition. (laughs) Wow. You just started running. I just started running. Oh, we did both of them. I mean, if I end up being like a runner and like running every day, it will be the biggest consistent change of any of the things that I've done. Wow. That's, you know what, you're welcome. Thank you. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. All right. And check out our bonus episodes with a couple of runs with me and Yael. Put your running shoes on and see what it's like to get some real instruction. That's amazing. And you didn't see any snakes? No. No, that's good. Well, it, here's the thing. Yael probably would have just picked it up and bitten its head off or something. I mean, she's that fierce. You can find me on Instagram at my number one podcast. I said to her today, I don't want to do this podcast because I don't, I don't want to not be able to get an appointment with you. And she goes, oh, you're just like Steve Martin. And I was like, that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. 
going to put that no, on No, she my... just means that Steve Martin apparently wouldn't tell his friends about her either. Yeah, no, but that's, that's <laughs> something I want to put on my epitaph. You're just like just Steve like Martin. Just like Steve Martin, Nancy Howard, just like Steve Martin. You're, and then she goes, <laughs> selfish, selfish. <laughs> selfish, Steve and Nancy. <laughs>